Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode 43. Hello, Rob Jones. Hello. Hi. And hello, Steph. Hello. Welcome to, well, welcome to the podcast, but also welcome to the Unify Endurance coaching team. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Honor. It's your honor. second week now with us? Yes, it is. Yes. Good. Things are going well. Very well. Just been on our training camp to rack. So very nice to see everyone in action and yeah, just get amongst it all really. Yeah. Straight into the deep end actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask what's been your most favorite or memorable moment of the last two weeks, but it's probably going to be the highlight. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very fun. Rob, you'd already been on a camp with us, but I think one of your first weekends as a coach was on a camp. Yes, it me. was. Yeah. Yeah, I think I stitched you up last minute with that one as well. <laughs> and it was middle of summer as well. Likewise. <laughs> yeah, there's no point in doing things you know, half-assed. We're going to go all in. So, Steph, we want to find a little bit more about you today, introduce you to our listeners, maybe say why you could be a run coach for them. Tell us about Steph, where are you from, what's going on in life, why and how did you end up being a run coach? Cool. So I am from the UK and have lived in Dubai for almost a year now. And I kind of came from a tennis background. So growing up as a kid, I played a lot of tennis. Um, when I was 18, I went over to the US on a tennis scholarship for university. So it was all very tennis focused um, when I was younger obviously did all of the sports through school, such as running and netball, all the track and field, cross country. Um, but yeah, so I, I did tennis until I was about 22, graduated from university and then moved back to the UK and basically found myself working a very career life in the media world. So office-based life, retired from the tennis because obviously it's quite hard to maintain tennis when you're working full-time, finding people to play with, having a club and everything, and started basically running when I was living in London because it was a way for me to keep fit. It was a good way for me to meet people with running clubs, and I signed up to a few races, started doing pretty well in them, just didn't really realize that I was an okay runner, I suppose, and gradually just build, um, builded up my running and racing off my own back. So I was doing all of my own training planning myself. Um, yeah, did that for four or five years in London and then recently moved to New Zealand, did the same thing, used running as a way to meet people, joined clubs, uh, was a pacer for the Adidas um, running club over in Auckland. And I kind of got to a point where I was doing quite well in my running, but I was working full time, just fitting running in when I could in the evenings around other strength and conditioning work and stuff and at the weekends. And I think this year, 2020, is kind of like everyone's year of change and a time to reflect. So everyone has obviously been given this opportunity to sit back and think about what they actually really want to be doing. And I just came to the conclusion that I was almost climbing this career ladder in a career that I wasn't that passionate about. And so I sat down and thought about what I was passionate about. I really like helping people achieve their goals. Um, obviously very passionate about running. I've been relatively successful at it from a, just a road runner at the weekends. And I used to be a tennis coach um, in my teens and early twenties. 
So I thought I would just combine the two, retrained, became a running coach this year and have just been gradually onboarding clients and obviously met up with you, Tom and Marcus to talk about Inner Fight and yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. So just kind of took the opportunity and went full in running coaching. Fantastic. Um, you mentioned COVID there and you said 2020 is the year of change. And we've actually, we've talked quite a lot on this podcast about how people have changed their or adapted their training as COVID has happened. Since you were pretty full-time into running, what did you do over that lockdown period? And how did you feel about races ending, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so races, obviously, I miss a lot. But naturally, with it being summer here, there's obviously not going to be that many races at the moment anyway. In terms of training, it was very easy to potentially overtrain, I think, because you just have so much time on your hands. You're stuck in your four walls. So I, I did do the classic of doing 5Ks, 7Ks in my living room, just shuttle running back and forth. And then one day I went down to the car park and discovered that actually because at the time we didn't have a car, uh, discovered that the car park is actually one massive car park for five buildings that I live in. And it's a pretty solid, like, almost like, I don't even know, like six, 700 meter loop round. So then I started car park running because obviously no one's driving anywhere and just would have no idea really how far I'd even gone because your GPS just funks out down there. So I'd run for like an hour, come back up obviously live in a high-rise apartment in Dubai and so it's a lot of stairs, did a lot of stair climbing, did a lot of home crossfitty kind of workouts. Um, so yeah, just lots of indoor stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. You've kind of gone from the beauty of New Zealand, well, and yeah. sort of... <laughs> to a car park. <laughs> you, can, you can run around London. Yeah, you can, you can run in London and find some decent areas, yeah. like if you go up the heaths and things like that. New Zealand, obviously, incredible yeah. place outdoors. And then you find yourself in a car park in Dubai. Yeah. Not ideal. <laughs> was this all lining? Were you using Wasn't this as planned. a way of, <laughs> yeah, of like expanding your, you thinking to yourself, wow, I can do this. Maybe I can change my career to something that I love to do. Was this all a compounding effect that eventually you're just like, okay, I'm going to go all in on this? Or were you thinking for a while? Yeah, so it obviously it had been a thought for a while. Um, but I think I just never had the, um, like, I didn't have the opportunity to do it. I think when you're working full time, it's quite hard to step away from that. But when all of a sudden you found yourself, you're not working full time, you're not uh, going from one thing to the other, life slows down a lot, you have a lot more time to invest in what you actually want to do. So I thought I would just take the time to, yeah, just actually properly train in what I wanted like yeah. seems less risky. Do you miss uh, playing tennis or do you still play? Uh, I don't play anymore, no. Yes and no. I think it it's, would be frustrating for me to play now because obviously when I was younger and playing three hours a day, you get to a certain level where you know you can sustain that. And then if you suddenly started playing just once a week or something, you're never going to be at that same standard. So it was never a sport that I played socially. It was definitely a competitive sport. So, yes, I do miss it, but I don't, I don't feel like I need to be playing right now. It was just a different chapter. 
how much how often do you get reminded of lessons you learned in your tennis career of within your run training um a lot to be like in terms of preparing for matches and races it's a very similar kind of setup um quite routine get things ready the night before um just trying to calm down not be too nervous because obviously if you're nervous well in tennis like you can't really perform because it is very skill-based so and then the dedication in terms of training and coaching they kind of are very similar so you have to be quite disciplined in your actual training and then what you do with the rest of your day so all of your nutrition and your sleep and everything it's kind of been ingrained into me from quite a young age from playing so much tennis so yeah very similar Hi, um, so you lived in New Zealand before you moved to Dubai. How did you, or did you notice any, obviously apart from the scenery, any startling differences between running in New Zealand and then adapting to running in Dubai? Uh, the heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, definitely hotter here all year round. Um, I'm quite fortunate as to where I live. I think at the moment in Dubai that I'm right by the marina and stuff. So it's, it's a pretty easy 9K loop or so about around there. Um, whereas in New Zealand, it was a lot harder. There were some beautiful runs, but it was harder to road run in certain places because it wasn't necessarily very well lit. It wasn't, uh, people aren't necessarily used to having runners out on the road, like the cars and the drivers and things. Um, so yeah, in terms of scenery, obviously different though the weather, but I feel like once you get going and you just put a pair of shoes on, you're just you're running. <laughs> what, were you surprised by the run community here or did you know through Adidas Runners what it was like here? Uh, no, I didn't know much about the running community here. Um, but and it, it is definitely quite small. I, I feel like everyone knows everyone, but I think that's the case in most sports and most cities. Once you kind of get into it you recognize people at races and that's pretty much happened wherever I've lived you start recognizing names and you get little um you get competitive with people for no apparent reason <laughs> <laughs> Tom doesn't know about that at all <laughs> <laughs> secret enemies all over this city yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did you you one thing you are uh, also part of is a um, it's not a company, is it? But it's almost an initiative called uh, Run Talk Run. Yes. Uh, this is a, a really cool side to running. And you did a present, presentation to us on this. And it, I, I knew, you know, what obviously running can do for people. But I think this is a, yeah. it's really cool. Why don't you share with us the story behind Run Talk Run and, you know, what you're hoping to be able to achieve with it? Yeah, so we haven't actually set up my run talk run yet in Dubai just because of COVID restrictions and everything, but it's um, it's well underway and it will be coming. So basically, they're a global company who are based out of the UK and their founder is Jess Robson. And it's all about having like combining running and mental health and making both of those into from a support point of view less intimidating and more accessible so it's a weekly 5k jog you can jog it run it walk it however you want and it's basically a place where people can meet up in a safe environment and talk to like-minded people and just yeah just allow the, the concept is basically that when you're running it seems a bit more a bit easier to talk about mental health open up about how your day is how your life's going versus sat face to face 
looking someone in the eye, I suppose. Hmm. And I think, Rob, you can definitely relate to this. I know I can. Sometimes you run with someone for like 20, 30 minutes and there's nothing said. And then by the end of the run, you're like, this person hasn't shut up. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but they suddenly just start talking and, and everything starts coming out. I think it's such a special way to be able to connect with people for that. Do you find, do you see that happening here in the, in the city of Dubai? Because, you know, it is a city, it could be difficult to keep consistency while you are running. What's your thoughts around that? So in terms of opening up to people or? Just the, the length of being able to chat to someone while other things going on so much. Like it's more likely to happen in a rural area, isn't it? With less interruptions. In Dubai, are you going to do it in one place or are you going to yeah. take the run around and have like, you know, quieter areas, busier areas? Because sometimes it's confidence for people as well to be running. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we will be set up in one place and it will be a weekly meet, day and time, TBC and location, TBC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it will be... Um, I feel like people will jump onto it, hopefully, because there's, there's not that many mental health initiatives here in Dubai. And it's like you said, you can, I mean, you don't have to turn up and talk. You can just turn up for the social side of it. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, sometimes you are running with someone and you do just find yourself talking about the most random things and your life. And it happens at our runs as well. I've noticed on our coffee runs, sometimes the mm. person I'm running with, you're with them for an hour and you suddenly know so much about them. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool to just get to know people through running. Yeah. I find that as well, there's times where you're running, you wouldn't normally sit and probably have the opportunity to talk to some of the people that you're running with just because maybe they're not the same friendship group, same social circle, whatever it might be, different, um, different skill set, different jobs, careers, whatever it might be. But then when running, you have this common theme, brings yeah. you all together and you can just, like you say, you can run and talk for hours and hours and hours about nothing necessarily yeah. important. And it's like, and you also almost don't have awkward silences because if you're not talking, it's fine because you're just concentrating on running or whatever. So, whereas if you're just sat face to face with someone and there's nothing to talk about, it is awkward. <laughs> how did you, um, how did you set this up or how did you get involved with this initiative? Um, so I just, just through Instagram, to be honest. So Jess, I noticed set up, she was the founder um, of the one in London, Southwark. So she's the founder of the whole company. And yeah, I just came across it on Instagram a few years ago and I thought that's pretty cool. At the time I wasn't living that close, so I couldn't turn up and run. And then I've gradually just been following them develop over the last couple of years. And there was one in Dubai when I first moved here, but it is no more. And I remember just being like, oh, that's a bit of a shame that there's not one because that'd be quite a nice way to meet people and just have a social run. And I just decided, well, if there's not one, why don't I just set one up? Because if I think it would be nice, I feel like other people would probably think the same. Definitely. It's good. It's taken a few yeah. punts this year that are paying off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be good. And, and as people get used or more comfortable with the, the routes that you do, if it's one or a few, that they will start to understand like, or be more comfortable running with others. And when new members come along, they feel safe enough to show them around and say, oh, I re used to really struggle here and now I'm okay. And that was all leads to conversations that can, that can open up 
around mental health awareness and, and talking through things like that. Definitely during what we find during lockdown, people were much more open to sharing. And now it's almost like we have a much bigger share culture amongst our endurance team because of lockdown and COVID, which is fantastic. Yeah, big time. Steph, what's your, uh, I think we chatted a little bit about this when we, um, when we interviewed you, which was also a run, actually. We went for an interview run, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> quite nerve-wracking, but it was quite fun. Yeah. What's your thoughts on getting out on the trails in Dubai and, and going exploring, maybe with our trail coach down there, Rob Jones? Is that something that interests you? It definitely interests me. Um, I am not from that background, so <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I don't, um, probably need a little bit of uh, a little bit of help on some of the trails but yeah up in rack this weekend I dabbled in the trails and I managed to come out pretty um pretty okay I was surprised no cut knees no cut hands so yeah that's probably my biggest fear is just falling over and falling halfway down a cliff so as long as that doesn't happen I'll be all good find yourself get home and start youtubing trail running and <laughs> start looking into yeah. it it's definitely exciting though it's cool well, who are your role models within running? Uh, so obviously I follow a few people on Instagram from um, similar like coaches or athletes. I think probably quite cliche is Paula Radcliffe in terms of an actual professional athlete. I think the times that she has run marathons in is just phenomenal, especially so long ago before we had a lot of the technology and everything that we have now. Uh, my little claim to fame is that I've actually beaten her in a race. So sorry about that, Paula. <laughs> I don't think she was. I don't think she was running it competitively, but uh, it was fun. Good for me. We need we need all the details. I need to fact check this race. It was a <laughs> location and date, please. It was a <laughs> Nike race in London. I think Regent's Park. It was like an evening, like you know when they put on the um, like mass events it was a i want to say it was like an own the night or something and yeah it was like an evening run and i definitely ran past her and she was going not towards the finish and i was going towards the finish gaster <laughs> he was chatting away and i was full gas <laughs> <So>. <laughs> paula we know you're listening we want to see a rematch <laughs> you can arrange a car park underground head to head yeah no GPS. <laughs> so Paula Radcliffe, yeah, I mean, she's, yeah. she's huge phenomenal. for most British yeah. runners. I agree. Her times when she set them <clears throat> were just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, who, else, who else do you look up to within the running world? Um, in the running world, from a more, I suppose, realistic point of view, is um, there's a girl called Lydia O'Donnell, who is a Kiwi girl. And she is currently living in Australia and she's a marathon runner and coach. And she was at a few races that I attended. Obviously she's way better than me, but, um, but yeah, someone who used to work pretty much full time and then switched it all in and became a runner and has gradually built her portfolio, become a running coach and everything. So it's quite inspirational to see someone like that. Who's, who's basically doing what I want to do. Um, but she started a few years before me. <laughs> nice. It's a lot more, uh, yeah, a lot more achievable. Remember yeah. you talking about her before? Yeah. yeah. And saying she was who you looked up to. I think it's pretty cool. 
I want to I want to go to races. So I want to know what is your favorite race distance and why? Favorite race distance would be half marathon for me. Uh, I feel like it's a good balance of you've got to train for it to do well. You can't just rock up on the day and hope for the best. But um, but there's an element of you can push on the day to get better than you thought, so if that makes sense. Whereas like a marathon, I think you're very much, you stick to your paces, you kind of know how it should pan out. Whereas half marathon, it has a bit of that 10K element where it is like you go. So yeah, half marathon at the moment. I like okay. that answer. <laughs> and I'll keep going then. So what was that the race that, or what race sparked your interest in running from the beginning? So like for me, I remember always looking back at all the guys running the really long mountain races. And that always just, I just loved looking at the videos and the pictures and the footage and road running didn't really interest me at all at the time. So was there any races that got you hooked or? Um, I mean, I was living in London when I probably properly started running and obviously there is the London marathon which is a huge event and it's it's something that you go and watch if you live in London you go and watch even if you don't know anyone running it and for me it is it's so inspiring and so almost like emotional watching all these runners go by and like majority of them are running for a charity and they've just raised thousands of pounds each just to run this race and so yeah so that race definitely got me got me thinking got me a bit hooked I entered it and ran it in 2015 so so yeah I was kind of yeah, probably London Marathon for me I've never I've never done it have you Rob London Marathon no, I never I, I entered the ballot believe it or not this year but got rejected <laughs> that, it's just been cancelled actually isn't it yeah so I mean it didn't matter but yeah because Heidi wanted to do it as well so we both applied yeah I, I've not even watched it, I don't think. But I do hear it's just another, like, it's such yeah. a special day and an event and London is yeah. at its, its best. It's buzzing. It's so busy. Um, I think running it, it's, it's almost too busy because there are a lot of people you have to weave through a lot of the time. And then even when you get through the water stations and things, there's just bottles all over the floor and everything. So it's, it is a bit chaotic for a marathon. But in terms of the crowds, it's awesome because you – you just see so many people all the time that you know and people cheering you on and like strangers cheering you on. It's so loud. You, yeah, I had to yeah. wear headphones. It was too loud. <laughs> so would you, say, would you say in a race like that, it's harder to try and hit a pace or a distance because it's so you're weaving in and out, you're back and forth, you're overtaking, undertaking people all the time. Is it, yeah, do you reckon it's harder to run than a, like say Dubai Marathon, which is much, much smaller? I think so, just because, I mean, you end up clocking up. I think I did at least a mile extra just because you're not running the actual course because you're weaving from side to side so much. So mm. from that point of view, it's, you know your times, but you're, my watch was saying I had run X distance and you see every mile there's a marker and you're like, but it's miles away. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit annoying when your watch ticks over saying you've done 10 miles and you can see it way down the road says 10 miles but <laughs> but then from you it's a trade-off because then you have all the support so yeah it's quite motivating when you see that makes a big difference yeah. 
And as well, I actually, I remember watching the finish line of the London Marathon and just the, the volume of people yeah. coming in under three hours is just mind-blowing. Yeah. It's just streams and streams of streams of people all coming in. Yeah, definitely. There's so many people. So that's a really memorable race that went well. What's your worst race? Worst race would be the Gold Coast Half Marathon, which I ran last year in this time last year basically like July um it it didn't go well (laughs) I (laughs) I think like I had put a lot of pressure on myself it was we were basically leaving New Zealand we're in the process of we just moved out of our house and shipping all of our stuff to Dubai selling the car literally boarded a flight to Australia that day and the next day was on the start line and I know I'm making excuses, but the weather was just horrendous. You would think that Gold Coast is meant to be beautiful all year round. And it was just torrential rain for the entire race. So it was painful. And I, I, I qualified into the what they called the elite start. So you start with all the elite runners. So I was super excited. I'd put in loads of training. Um, and I... I did a classic and just got way too excited, went off way too fast, got completely caught up with them. And I PB'd my 5K um, at the beginning of the half marathon. (laughs) So by the time I got, it was an out and back course. And by the time I got to the halfway point, I was absolutely knackered and running all the way back. It was just painful. Had a gel, didn't help, made me worse, I think. And yeah, I didn't hit the time I wanted to hit by a minute. Uh, so yeah, I had nothing left to give by the end. It was it was a real painful second half of the race. So yeah, a lot of learnings from that one. Yeah, that, that, ha- that happened to me in the Rat Calf Marathon two years ago, and somehow I don't know how it happened, but I ended up in for some reason one of my times that qualified me to get into the front pen, and you've yeah. got all these elite Kenyan runners, and then you get carried away. There's me standing there and I'm going, what on earth is going on here? Everyone's got Olympic tattoos at the side of their arm. And then there's me. Yep. <laughs> and then three, two, one, go. I'm trying to hang on to the back yeah. of these guys and get dropped in 2K. Yeah. It's like five a pride thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so as long as I'm in the photo at the very, very start. We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. So then you started to study towards run coaching. Yep. What, uh, what like, was your biggest learning from that? And it might have been such a simple lesson that you already knew, but you were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or you could, like, relate back to it. Um, there are a couple of things. I think just the way of, like, I've always written my own plans anyway. And I, it was just the way to structure them was slightly different. And, yeah, my the structure of my running has now changed and the way I view my week and that it's not just all about running it's obviously the whole picture that comes with it so um it's not just the hour you run if you go out and run an hour every day it's almost like you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result Mm. so I've just like changed up the way that I train the way that I see my day yeah and and the whole picture rather than just the pure running when you can and what's your favorite to run to pace heart rate or feel pace yeah oh. which is out the window at the moment <laughs> <laughs> tough summer yeah, yeah deep, real tough summer 
do you have yeah. a favorite do you have a favorite session that you like uh i definitely like the the weekend or at the moment i do them at the weekend my weekend long run you just tune out you don't have to keep an eye on the clock in that sense you're running for feel because you kind of know where you are and everything but um yeah i definitely like just not having to keep an eye on everything and just you just go for kilometers and yeah that's my favorite I think every true runner enjoys the long run the, ro the most, right? <laughs> it's so good. Awesome. Steph, how can people get in touch with you? What are you going to be offering as a coach with us? Share that info. Yeah, so I am obviously a road runner, uh, offering anything from 5K to marathon. Um, you can reach me on Instagram, steph.running, or on my email, sh at innerfight.com. Awesome. Do you also do 10K marathons or just 10K or a marathon? 10K or marathon or half marathon or 5K or anything in between. <laughs> you will get someone asking if you do 10K marathon. Yeah. Inevitable. And you always say yes. <laughs> everything. Awesome. Steph, thanks so much for giving up some of your time today. And the guys can see you. Track Tuesday is not back up and running as it was known yet. We're all doing individual Track Tuesdays, but Coffee Run is full steam ahead. So if you want to meet Steph, please come down to Coffee Run. You can also say hello to Rob Jones because he is back in Dubai, which he has been for a few weeks now, but you may not have known that. And <laughs> all, actually, all the coaches are at Coffee Run. All of us. We all arrived, yeah. So come and say hello. But definitely come and say hello to Steph. You'll see her around, maybe on her long runs around Dubai. Come say hello there as well. And yeah, Steph, we hopefully will be hearing a lot more from you and seeing you around a lot more. Cool. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. So, mate, Steph, what do you think? Good. She finally, well, I say finally, now we have two women on our team. This is, we're now a complete unit. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's actually one of our goals at the start of the year was to, to increase coaches and, and the preference was for them to be female coaches and well as we've heard from Jess a few weeks ago she definitely walks the walk and, and talks the talk and now we have Steph who's also an apps she's pretty humble she is a very good runner she's, she's fast yeah has all the makings of being a very good coach as well so they're real assets to the team and they just fitted straight in haven't they mate just mm -hmm. just straight I in like you, you know what, when, when you add two women to an all-male WhatsApp group, you can be a little bit nervous. <laughs> but they have, they've slotted right in. And they've got great sense of humor. They've got great chat. They love what they do. They love running. They love coaching. You know, Steph just is, you know, first weekend in, fully involved. You wouldn't know that she's only been with us two weeks. No, you wouldn't at all. And yeah, straight on the trails. Hadn't run trails before and was up. Mountain goating around the top of Jebel Jace. <laughs> Mate, we did the unthinkable on the weekend. We ran a summer training camp at Jebel Jace. Unheard of. Unheard of. But we managed it. No one died, although not through lack of trying. And not only that, it was our biggest ever camp to date. Yeah. I mean, we've turned up to these things before and there's been 10 people. And we thought, yeah. oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> We did not expect the numbers that turned up to this camp. It's true. So on Thursday, we went up on Thursday, didn't we? And we had a bit of a coach's smash fest up the mountain on our bikes. 
we were meant to ride easy and it ended up you and I doing sprint intervals playing. I don't know what the game was called. Um, well, what's it, what's it called in the Olympics? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, can't remember. It's like a track cycling sprinting game, isn't it? Track cycling sprinting game. But instead we decided to do an elevation <laughs> on the incline. And we were both probably feeling a little bit cooked still from 50-50-50. But I actually think it helped my legs. My legs felt better. It didn't help me. I'd done, I'd done intervals in the morning. <laughs> oh, that morning at Coffee Run was disgusting, yeah. wasn't it? I was, I was cooked. Yeah. So we played sprints up Double Jace on Thursday afternoon. And then the camp started Friday morning. You took... 35 people for a trail run 35 people yeah trail run at the top of Jebel Jace which is actually a great idea because obviously you're at about a thousand meters of elevation you pushed up to about 12 1200 1250 something like that and so the the temperature was brilliant so you're able everyone was able to get anywhere between seven and a half I think up to maybe 20 kilometers um really quite I say quite comfortably but without really any dramas um, mm. So it's really nice, and the views up there are stunning. Stunning Absolutely indeed. Stunning, yes. And we had—I don't know how many we had on the bike, actually. Yeah, Maybe, over twenty, right? Yeah, twenty to thirty. Mm. Um, on the mountain, we we set them around four hours worth of of work to get done, which for most was two ascents, two descents, two ascents. For some, one and a half. For some, just the one. A lot of newbies who'd never done Jebel Jace before, and they learned what the small chain ring is for, which was <laughs> quite interesting. <laughs> but that was really cool. It's not just for warm-up. Yeah, not just, not just there for show. And then on the Saturday, you took a group into the real trails. 17 on Saturday. Into the Wadi... Uh, what do you call it? Jebel Janus, it's Jebel called. Janus. Yeah, no, that was carnage. I'll be completely honest. Yeah. So that is not an elevation. It's in an enclosed wadi. So the humidity and the heat destroyed some souls. Yeah, <laughs> I heard. To the point where I was actually checking in. I had to send everyone voice notes yesterday to make sure they're all okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure they're so, like all the road runners were at breakfast, like pretty happy, looking not fresh, but pretty happy with themselves. And then the trail lot came back, and they were just like, like dust rings around their eyes, and you still had your well, shoes on and they were covered in mud. <laughs> well, we'd envisioned it like whenever we originally planned, we thought, oh, about three hours, that'll be plenty. Three hours is is sure enough. And we we finished in I think five and a half. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, I think I had nine liters of water. Oh, and on the road, me and Steph had about 15 runners on the road doing um, some repeats. We parked at near, near to the top, about 6K from the top. And uh, some did like two repeats up and down. Some went all the way to the top, top. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, again, people got like anywhere between 15 up to 25Ks of running. And some of them who went up to 24, 25Ks of running hit a nearly a thousand meters of climbing. Yeah. In that. And it, yeah, it really did... Everyone did so well on that on that weekend, um, and yeah, we've already got the date in for the next one. We're not going to release it yet, but it's in. Actually, we've got some good events coming up soon. 
some incredible events. So one that will be open to everyone is Into the Darkness. That is on October the 1st, and that is the 50-50-50 challenge as it was originally done, starting at sundown, going into the night. And you have until sunrise to complete it. To complete. If so, you don't, it's DNF. DNF. May as well not even have turned up. <laughs> hey, calm down. That was me last year. <laughs> I know. You're lucky you know I did. I'm just there. Uh, I'm still proud that I am the only coach to have completed every single year, 100%. Yeah, you should be, mate. You should be. <laughs> then we have, so Into the Darkness, you know, obviously our, our members are all working towards that, but we, we get a lot of attention for that event and a lot of non-members do turn up and have a crack at various forms of it. And I think it, it's almost like our celebration of fitness as an endurance team isn't it so yeah. if you do want to get involved in that you're in dubai let us know and we can share a few more details with you um, and we've had actually we've had guys that have um that don't have a bike that have maybe just not done the bike section and maybe just yeah. run walked 50k or even walked or run less than 50k so that's yeah. not an issue the only issue that might be would be you need to make sure you're semi self-supported i would say mm. The, you, I, and Marcus are all going to be there supporting this year. We feel we've done our job. <laughs> However, though, if there is 60 people that turn up, we will not be able to support all of you. Hence, no. semi-self-supported. Yeah, I was going to say, we're there for emergencies. We're there for, obviously, jokes. We'll be there to... <laughs> we'll, we'll be there to, to look after our, our clients, basically. Yes. Um, but we obviously will have a lot of people. So people do need to be, if you're running, you need hydration vests and you need to have an idea of where you're going to get water and your water stops and, and your nutrition and things like that. Because even, even last year when I was doing it, I, I was stuck with that water for nearly an hour um, running and I had everything planned out. But sometimes if someone else has, you know, hit the wall or whatever, gone to shit, then your support crew has to deal with those rightly. So has to deal with them and, and not deal with you. So yeah, it is. I think that's one of the reasons it's such a good event is because people do need to put some admin into it. Whereas if you turn up to a race and it's all taken care of, you miss that learning. And that's not what ultra is about. Actually, um, I remember Heidi, my Heidi, Heidi Shara and Jeremy last year, they, they knew that they were going to do it themselves and they, they went early and they parked two cars, one at either end of the, of the, the loop, one at, I think at about... Mm. 17 or 18k and then one just before the last 15 so they were able to top up water for their camel packs at those points and then they had the mosque as well so it took a bit of admin but they did it that is experience and heidi was heidi was pregnant at the time as well and did that (laughs) anna's gonna have just jeans running jeans isn't she well that's it she's already started running i don't know i'm gonna gonna have to attach it to string or something Amazing. Speaking of Al-Qudra, one of the things I saw when we were doing our 50-50-50 this year, unfortunately, was the amount of rubbish that was Mm. up at the track. Um, Particularly, for me anyway, what I noticed from the mosque to Zads. And I just remember seeing bottles, bottle tops, gel wrappers. Cigarette packets. Ah, crazy. And I said to myself, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to pick up as much of this shit as I can. And, uh, And obviously... You guys, um, 
as a team, we went out on Sunday, which we record on a Monday, which was yesterday. This comes out on a Wednesday. If that's not confusing you, then it should be. And we combined it as our team meeting. So we went out straight after a long weekend on camp and did our, our easy shakeout run, if you like, um, picking up litter. Now, I thought we'd go to the mosque and back, which was 10K yeah. out, 10K back. I thought maybe we're going to collect three to four bags. In 5K, which took us an hour of mixed running slash walking, we collected... It turned, it turned into walking, bags. didn't it? Yeah, it did. Six it rubbish bags of yeah. trash. Uh, mate, it, it really shocked me. As the day went on, it shocked me more. What, like, well, what did you think of it? Were you expecting that much? No, no, because in my head, I'd put in my training peaks 20K. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what we'll do, we'll be able to run. We'll just throw any bottles we see towards the side of the track. We'll run the 10K there and on the way back, we'll collect it all. That was in my head what we'd do. There wouldn't be that much. But it's only when you actually stop and you're walking, you realize how much there is. Obviously, when you're, when you're on a bike, you maybe see the odd bottle, but you're not really looking. Um, I just, mind was blown. And it's just, it is there is, oh, granted, there's a few pieces of gloves and bits, obviously, maybe from workers or have blown in, but the majority of it is from people that are using the track, mm. just chucking their bottles. Why would you throw a gel wrapper once you finish eating it on the floor and not just put it either in your pocket or in your, I mean, you're going to yeah. wash your clothes anyway afterwards, so just put it in your pocket. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Nuts. It's nuts. And, you know, um, I've been there. I've thought I'd put a gel wrapper in my pocket and it's missed it and it's seen it, you know, fall off on the road. You stop, you turn around and you go and pick it up. The, the one that annoyed me the most was the uh, inner tube. We found an inner tube yeah. tied in a knot. So it obviously been blown. Someone had changed it, tied it in a knot and then left it on the side. And this track is purely for cyclists and runners use it, but it's purely for cyclists and you're willing to treat it like that is just nuts uh, you know there should be no reason you ever leave an inner tube like if you you can tie them up in a knot and stick them in your pocket you can tie it to your bike you can put it around you like the old school used to do um over under your shoulder. shoulder yeah yeah it's just crazy and and if you drop you know drop a, a gel out your pocket or whatever you know you've done it so just stop turn around go pick it up and carry on and, and the other one is uh, plastic bottles if you're renting bikes from Trek, which a lot of, uh, I'd imagine a lot of our listeners do because they're going to be runners and a lot of the runners here cross train on the weekends by renting a bike from, from the Trek shop, which is up at Alcudra. If you do that, find a water bottle that's meant to fit in the bottle cages of your bike. And when you buy water, replace, put the water from the bottle into that drinking bottle and then put the plastic bottle in the bin. Don't take it out with you and then drink it all and then try to fit it in the bottle cage with it empty because it won't fit and it will fall out and then gets left to the side of the road. But I really think we must have collected over a hundred water, like plastic water bottles, small least, ones, yeah. small ones that people buy to fit in the cages that don't quite fit. And mm. it's, again, it's just really, really bad. Whether you're a runner, whether you're a cyclist, no matter what, you should be looking after that track because that is our our home of endurance you know whatever you do in dubai endurance wise you will always you'll know al kudra and you'll and you'll always use it at some point in the year and for it to look the state that it did i just think is absolutely mental 
Yeah. Mate, cheer us up with some news of my hopeful running partner. We had this question a few weeks. Who do you most like to run with? My answer was Courtney DeWalter. And oh. Right now, she's doing something pretty special. This is before she comes over here and, and we get to go run together and eat pizza. But what is she up to? Share this news. Oh, well, hang on. Let me just actually, I want to find exactly what the trail is called. It, I believe it is called the Colorado. Don't let me fact check this. Uh, there it is. Yes, it is called the Colorado. Yeah, it's called the Colorado Trail. Sorry. <laughs> it's 500 miles, which is 800 kilometers. And she is trying to set the speed record for running it. In effect, non-stop. She's taken some small breaks um, for eating. She stopped. This is how cool she is. You're going to love this bit. She stopped all of her pacers um, at the end of the second or third night to sit down and watch the sunrise. She fell asleep sitting upright. <laughs> and then just got up and it was like, oh, it's time to go. Bang, off she went again. It's, she's just inhuman high she's able to do this and she's she's trying to set a speed record i think it's eight days uh is what she's going for it might be faster um or eight days might be the record and she was 77 hours ahead of schedule when i last checked that is unreal that must be such a nice feeling to be 77 hours ahead of schedule yeah <laughs> that's a long time uh, i'd have a nap to celebrate that one as well i think yeah, she, she is. She's probably the most humble professional runner you've ever listened to, heard of, is yeah. talked about. And she just, yeah, and I, I just, I was talking to Marcus about this. I don't understand how she can be so good. Well, I even messaged you earlier on Instagram, didn't I? I said, she runs, I won't say what, <laughs> she runs really badly, but as forever. She's the best really bad runner I've ever seen. In terms of technical ability. Yeah. So basically, said, why, why do you worry about doing your technique so much? If you... Yeah. And, and like you said, she looks like Salomon has run out of her size, so I've just sent her any old size of kit and she's just put it on. Yeah. It looks like she's dressed herself in XL men's clothing. Everything just seems loose and far too big, but yeah. she just, and just goes. Yeah. She was, yeah. a she was a teacher, right? Former teacher come running. Yeah. Who was the vet? Was she not a vet? No. Oh, that was somebody else. She yes. was a teacher. Yeah. So if you, if you want to follow this story, although it's on Wednesday, this comes out Wednesday, she'll probably be done. Check out Solomon. Or even just follow her, Courtney DeWalter, and you'll see some of the stuff she does. If you don't follow her, you should follow her. And actually, you should get on YouTube and watch her little documentary. It's only 39 minutes. It's called The Source. It's a very good documentary to watch. It is. It is. And, and she's had a fair share of failings too. Mm. Uh, yeah. What was it? Last year, was it Leadville? She had to pull out of? Yes. And she, um, yeah, she famously ran the Moab 240 and had one minute of sleep. And she was the overall winner, male and female. By, by like 10 or 12 hours or something, wasn't it? She, she's a really good podcast in that with Joe Rogan. Yeah, and I was going to say... The whole podcast, Joe Rogan was trying to get her to, to put down her competitors, to 
to try and almost be a little bit boastful, but she just, she's just too nice. Yeah. You know, she, he said, you finished 10 hours ahead. She's like, yeah, I had a good, I had a good race. It's like, a good race? What? You know, Joe Rogan just swearing, cursing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. There we go. Uh, we shared Into the Darkness. That will be happening 1st of October. If you want to get involved, reach out to us. We can tell you some more details. We have another event, but oh. we're not going to share it yet. But it is very, very cool. We thought of this event while doing the 50-50-50 this year, Into the Light. And uh, I think the meeting the next day, or no, the, the Sunday after that event, we sat down and we put in two events into the calendar. One was Into the Darkness, and then this other one. Are you going to say the name? You can say the name and people still wouldn't know what it is. We've not, cool. officially, we've not officially uh, named it. We'll have to look at copyright stuff. <laughs> what was your initial? Do you want to share your initial thought of a name? My no. initial one yeah. was Into the Fight. <laughs> but it got heavily vetoed. <laughs> Whilst we were running. That's a stupid idea. Yeah. Actually, this, this, this idea came, it was about five to six kilometers into our 50K run, we came up with this. Yeah, we did. Actually, it's you not- guys came up with it. I was running ahead of you. I was winning. You were winning. You were too busy winning. Yeah. But then uh, it got, I, I thought of it because it is another event elsewhere, but not mm-hmm. the way we're going to run it. No. Done. It's Done. The, Done. It's gonna be- and it's, it's not gonna- the Backyard Ultra. Before. It's not the backyard ultra. It's going to be very. I'm really excited about that one. And it's not a 10k marathon. Oh dear. It's a 40k ultra. The ones who don't know what we're talking about are very confused right now. I there we go. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Let's finish this. Someone said to me once, an ultra is anything over 100 miles. So interesting. What's between 100 miles and to her 22, whatever a marathon is in miles? And they were like, oh, yeah, good point. A long marathon. <laughs> That's where your 10K marathon fits in. <laughs> yeah, just a marathon, 10K, 10K, 10K marathon. It's just 10Ks added on to 42.2. <laughs> so 10K marathon is 52.2. Maybe that's what people are talking about. There you go. Just come up with a new race distance. 10K marathons. You heard it here first. Cool. Rob Jones, thank you for joining me this week. As always, we'll be back next week. And I think with a show on Into the Light, which we are recording today. Yes. (laughs) So we need to go get lunch and start recording again. So we'll finish this up. Let's go. Done. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get in touch, please email us, endurance at innerfight.com. If you want to speak to Rob Jones, you can... Well, you can email him, rjinnerfight.com, or you can Instagram him, Rob Jones Endurance. And if you mm-hmm. want to get in touch with me, you can email me, twinnerfight.com, or Instagram me, Tom Walker Fitness. And if you have any spare time today and you live in Dubai or any time this week, go to Al Qudra and do your bit for it. Pick up some rubbish, put it in a bin, run an easy 5K. You'll find loads up there. Take some friends and help out the wonderful endurance community that we have here. And actually, if you do do that, tag it it doesn't have to be out like for our international listeners some people actually messaged me and i said they said oh that's fantastic what just go and do it yourself go take a bin bag pick up some litter send us a picture afterwards just why not yeah actually someone said why didn't you do it on friday and it would be bringing so much more awareness and i was like yeah but 
it's not about the we don't want to be seen doing it we want to just do it right and get other people to do it definitely anyway we're done that's it bye bye